Hello, everybody. Welcome to another exciting episode of Brown Eyed Unicorn. I'm your host, Hannah Brown, and today it's just me in my bed, leisurely as fuck. Um, I don't really have much planned for this episode, so we're just going to live on the edge and go off the cuff. I had the most amazing slumber last night, and I haven't slept without television in like seven months because my anxiety in Chicago was so bad when I lived alone that like I had to fall asleep to Real Housewives, and I've said this before and I'll say it again, but Real Housewives to me is like ASMR. Like it's just people, like the sounds of like them fighting just... It's like my siren song and puts me to sleep. But last night I was like, you know what, Hannah? Your mind's been going a mile a minute. Let's slow it down and find like a rain Spotify playlist. So like literally like the sound of rain. And I fell asleep in the pitch black to the sound of rain. And I have not had that good of a sleep in so long. And I woke up at like 730 in the morning. So guys, go to Spotify. Look up the rain playlist and enjoy your slumber. What else is new? What else is new? So yeah, I got up at 7.30 in the morning, and I finally finished um, the season finale of You on Lifetime. I don't know how much I've talked about that show on this podcast, but you guys, if you're not watching it, get on it. Here's the synopsis. I won't give anything away, so don't fret about spoilers. Penn Badgley is a creepy, beady-eyed little bookstore owner, and he, in the first episode, finds this girl... Guinevere Beck, aka Beck, who he becomes like obsessed with. And he like maneuvers his way into her life and gets, tries to like get her to be his girlfriend. That is all I will give you. Again, he's a beady eyed little creep. And Guinevere Beck is kind of a TBD for me. Like, I don't think she's likable enough as a character to really carry the plot the way she's supposed to. But that being said, there's mystery, there's death, there's intrigue. There's, it's basically Vanderpump Rules plus death. Just drama on drama on drama. It is so fucking good. And also Shay Mitchell is in it. And I just like to look at her. Like if I were to swim in the lady pond, it would be with Shay Mitchell. She's so perfect. She's just like a glowing goddess. So you get to like look at her. Also, oh my God, Peter Gallagher's daughter, Catherine Gallagher is in it. Now, the funny thing about this is I watched this show with my friend and neighbor, JD, who is going to be on this podcast at some point. And he was like, oh, my friend Catherine's on this show. Let's watch it and support her. That's how I started my you journey. And he's like, oh, that's my friend Catherine. And I was like, she has amazing eyebrows. And he like looks at me and is like, her dad's Peter Gallagher. I fucking love that good, bushy eyebrows run in their family. That is like the coolest genetic trait of all time fab eyebrows obsessed so yeah watch the show the season finale has left me on the edge of my seat foaming at the mouth I just like drank my cold brew in awe at like the twists and turns of this plot so like get into it dm me at hannah a brown on instagram and we'll have a conversation about it it was so good I'm still reeling I feel like my voice is very, like, deadpan today, and I apologize. I'm just so fucking comfy in my bed with, like, the sunshine, like, beating down on me. I feel like such a lazy piece of shit, but in a fun way. What else is new? You guys, I got a car for the first time in my life, a Nissan Rogue Sport SV. I'm not even someone who loves cars, like, or I didn't think I did. Like, I went into this car shopping process looking for, like, a sensible Honda sedan, and then I got into this 
big dick energy, black SUV. And I was like, you know what? Just because I was raised by sensible Midwesterners who enjoy Honda sedans does not mean that me in my LA glow up cannot enjoy a black Nissan Rogue SUV, okay? And I have to tell you, there was a lot of back and forth, a lot of research. My boyfriend had to endure a lot of emotional turmoil on my end. Um, But when I finally got in it and drove off the lot, I was in a state of shock and I did almost crash into a BMW. But aside from that, it was the best choice I've ever made. Car shopping is so hard. You guys, we got there, like, we went in Saturday morning, me and my boyfriend, like, okay, today is the day I'm getting the car. And we're sitting, and, like, we had an idea of what deal we wanted. We, like, went back to this dealership for the second time to be like, okay, you offered this the other day. This is what we want. And it was the credit check, and it was the back and forth, and it was the let me get my manager, and it was just, and this guy, this car salesman, nice guy, but he kept saying, like, you know, like, so he came back at me and he was like, your credit score isn't good enough to get this monthly payment. Like if you had this credit score, you could get this, but you don't. So you have to pay this. And I was like, okay, well stop saying that because like, that does me no good. And he's like, you know, I get nothing out of this. So I can't feed my daughter, you know, with these kinds of conversations. And I don't fucking like when we bring up the children. Okay. So then, you know, like I didn't want to make him uncomfortable. I wanted to be like, well, I don't have a mom. Like, let's have like a family off. Let's like just start guilting each other about things. Is that how we're going to play this game? But I didn't. I took the high road and I was like, okay, well, what can we do? So there were lots of negotiations and then eventually I got it and it was awesome. And then, and then I was like running late to work. And like, when you get a car, you're like supposed to ring this stupid bell and everyone like celebrates and like, I love attention, don't get me wrong, but I love attention on my terms. I think that like anything too like hokey, even down to like happy birthday is humiliating. So I was like, fuck that bell, I'm not ringing it. And then after like six hours of negotiations, I was like, you know what? Give me the fucking bell, I'm ringing it. And I did, and it was embarrassing and stupid, but also really, really satisfying. So yeah, I have a car now. That was cool. It was an adult moment. I'm a little stressed about it, but also really, really excited. I was driving around yesterday listening to like Nicki Minaj. Then I was listening to Fleetwood Mac. I was listening to all my tunes. I was listening to RuPaul, Ready Wrote You from All Stars Season 2. And it was just, I was feeling some type of way. Also, as far as I'm concerned, in the song Ready Wrote You, once we get to Roxy Andrews' verse, the song is over. Like, after Katya's verse, next song, okay? What else? You know what I decided? I was texting my friend Allie this morning, and my friend Allie said that she was at work, and they were doing some, like, icebreakers where they, like, they ask you questions, and you have to answer. And they had to go around and say, like, what their superpower would be if they got to choose one. And my friend Allie, like the queen she is, responds, I would like my superpower to be that I'm independently wealthy. Genius. And she just said that people like laughed awkwardly. And I was thinking about this. Like, I would want that to be my superpower too. And I do consider that a superpower. I don't like, I don't like people having to buy me stuff or gift me things. I right now really want a cashmere outfit from HM in camel. You know, camel, it's like a color. It's not beige, but it's like more orangey and a little bit darker. That's what I want. I want camel cashmere outfit. I want the joggers and the matching sweater. And then I want to wear flat white little sneakers with it and have a cute like handbag and, you know, gallivant around Los Angeles. That's what I want. Or I would, no, you know what? I'm going to, 
in this independently wealthy fantasy, I want to wear my cashmere outfit to the airport with some great sunglasses that I wear inside like an asshole. And I want to go on some fabulous trip to Paris and eat baguettes and cheese and walk it all off and be very thin. I've been stalking Stassi and Bo's Euro trip on Instagram and it looked so amazing. And I'm just like, can I just sell my soul to reality TV so that I can do that? Please. Okay, but I digress. We were talking about superpowers. And I thought about those people, and I've seen so many things like this recently, whether it's like a bumper sticker or like a t-shirt or a mug that's like, I'm a teacher. What's your superpower? Or like, I'm a mom. What's your superpower? And I'm like, bitch, my superpower is that I just cured a raging UTI with a series of supplements And I didn't have to take antibiotics for the first time in my life. Like, my superpower is that I managed to look fierce most of the time by rotating the six cheap articles of clothing in my closet that I actually like. I mean, like, to me, that's a superpower. I'm a teacher. Big deal. You went to college and got a fucking degree. And, you know, a good teacher is a great teacher. A bad teacher is a terrible teacher. Like, there's no middle ground between the two. Or, like, you're a mom. Great. You made a choice to have a kid. I can have superpowers, you know, without making that sort of life decision. It's like me being like, I'm the owner of a Nissan Rogue Sport SV. What's your superpower? I'm like on one today. I'm feeling very bitter and very lazy at the same time. And it's a weird like juxtaposition of emotions. You know what I mean? Like I'm lit on this whole superpower thing, but I also like am really tired at the same time. After a good night of sleep. I'm sorry, you guys. I'm all over the place today. But you know what I mean? Like, I just hate any sort of, like, piece of merchandise that's like, here's why I'm better than you. Mm -hmm." If it's a designer handbag, that's the subtext of it is that, like, you're better than me because you have a designer handbag. And honestly, in some ways, I believe that. Like, I'm a slave to capitalism in that way. But, like, I, I don't like a graphic, like, I don't like... I don't want something with a sentence on it that explains to me why you're superior because you're not. I feel like a stand-up comedian that's like, I was given three minutes to tell jokes and I didn't plan any of this and now I'm just standing on stage making noises. Oh my God, I once went to this stand-up show in Chicago and I use the word show loosely, like very floppy air quotes on that. Um, And this guy goes up and they were supposed to have like five minutes a comic. And again, I use the word comic very loosely, floppy air quotes. This guy goes up and literally just made noises the way I just did. He was just like, ah, hmm. And 90% of the audience was like friends, like like comedians and then like their friends who were also comedians. So they were just like laughing at him as if he was like doing something funny, but he wasn't because like they're friends with him. And I was just sitting in the front in like my orange scarf or no, it was my red, my red chunky knit scarf. It's like super long and yummy and red and bright. And I was sitting in the front row and I just was looking, apparently I had like resting bitch face because this guy was not funny and he was wasting my time making sounds and not doing what he was supposed to be doing, i.e. making me laugh. And then he tells a cancer joke. Now I'm, you know, If you have an off-color sense of humor, but you do it the right way, I can respect that. But this just wasn't a funny joke. Like, it wasn't even that it was a cancer joke. It just wasn't funny. And also, yeah, I am a little sensitive because my mom died of cancer. So this guy looks at me and he goes, oh, red scarf girl, red scarf girl in the front row doesn't like cancer jokes. And I literally wanted to be like, my mom died of cancer. But I didn't. I took the high road and just sat there. And he was like, don't do any cancer jokes to this girl, red scarf girl. 
and he makes sounds for 15 minutes when his set was supposed to be five minutes and then gets off stage. Next girl goes up and she's like hipstery and like has a pixie cut and she's like a girl in comedy, which like I am too, but you can tell that she's one of those girls that like overcompensates for being a woman in comedy by like kind of like just trying to be one of the guys and it really bothers me. And she tells a joke about like basic bitches and then is like, she's like, like Red Scarf Girl here in the front. She's probably the type of girl that's that writes namaste in the tip line when she, you know, goes out to eat. And I literally was like, I'm a server. Fuck all of you. And she was like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And then after her and the weird fuck with the cancer jokes find me at the bar and they're like, we're sorry. Like, you know, that if you felt offended or picked on. And I was like, no, I mean, like, I wasn't trying not to laugh at your jokes, but, like, it just wasn't part of my personal journey today to find you funny. I just didn't really, I wasn't naturally lolling, and, like, you guys have to understand that that's just kind of how this works. Like, I'm in comedy, too, and they go, the guy goes, oh, you're in comedy? Then, you know, you should just, you just kind of laugh out of courtesy, you know, like, ha, 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 and I was like, well, no, though, like, don't you want to know if your jokes are actually funny? Like, I don't owe you a laugh. And then it was just, like, tense and awkward. And then the guy walked away, and the girl was like, I totally get what you're saying. And my friend Amy was like, yeah, I mean, it must be awkward for you to, like, watch your friends, like, bomb. And she's like, oh, I don't think he bombed. I mean, I think he's very funny. And I was like, you guys are incestuous morons. Ugh. I don't owe you anything being in the audience for a show. Make me laugh. I came to laugh. I don't not laugh to be an asshole. It's because you're not funny and you're unoriginal and you're rude because you're feeling insecure that there's an attractive girl in the front row watching you fail. Boom. That's why I haven't been doing stand-up for a while. There's also another time that this guy goes, he's like, I'm going to do some crowd work. You there in the front, me. Um, what? God, I, didn't, I did not plan this at all, you guys, but he literally asked me, like, what superpower would you want to have if you could have one? Um... And I was like, ooh, I would want to be able to, um, like, uh, kill people with my mind, like Carrie. And he goes, what? I was like, you know, like Carrie. Like, I want to be able to, like, murder people with my mind and, like, throw them against a wall. And he was like, what's Carrie? And I was like, oh, it's, you know, it's a movie. And he goes, I don't watch movies starring white women. And then this guy in the back goes, so you just don't watch movies? And he was like, okay, okay. Uh, and I was like, You're, I'm sorry. Um, what about Tony Stark? And I literally, oh my God, guys, I did not plan any of this. I basically was like, what about Tony Stark? Can my power just be to be rich and be able to buy my powers with my money the way Tony Stark did? And he goes, you know what? Shames me in front of everyone. He goes, you know what? You ruined the joke with your answers. I was going to tell this joke, but I'm not going to anymore because you ruined it. And I was like, don't be like, I'm going to do the crowd work. When you can't handle my answers, which, by the way, I don't know where the fuck you were planning on going with your stupid joke about superpowers, but I gave you good material. So if you couldn't make a joke out of that, looks like you're not that good of a comedian. I don't, the, the two times that I tried to do stand-up and I was mediocre at it, I didn't do crowd work because, like, I'm not going to throw a wild card into the mix. I planned my jokes about masturbating to The Sims as a child very carefully, and I don't want to deal with someone saying the wrong thing and derailing the entire joke. Okay? No joke. The first time I did stand-up, I wrote a joke about masturbating to The Sims. Not, like, to The Sims. Like, I wasn't sexually attracted to The Sims. I just would, like, play for hours and hours and just, like, sit on my foot and move back and forth and, like, wonder why it felt good. Did anyone else do that? I don't know. 
I'm sorry if I made you all deeply uncomfortable, but also I'm not because I'm nothing if not honest. What else? What else? What else? Cashmere, superpowers. I hate stand-up comedians. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Very excited for the return of Vanderpump Rules, like I said last week. Okay, so they had the People's Choice Awards last night, hosted by E, and Vanderpump Rules was nominated. Naturally, Keeping Up with the Kardashians won. And, holy shit, fuck. Sorry, I'm back. I had to take a break because there was like a siren and like a plane and a helicopter and a train and all these loud, annoying sounds. Okay, what was I saying? People's Choice Awards, hosted by E. Vanderpump Rules was nominated as Best Reality Show. Naturally, Keeping Up with the Kardashians won because the Kardashians basically own E at this point. And Katie Maloney Schwartz came for the Kardashians on her Instagram story, which I love. I love a petty moment. We all know this. She basically is like, um, should have known they were going to win when they read their speech off a teleprompter and then just bounced. Like She got so salty about it, and I think it is so funny. And then, like, Kristen went, like, the diplomatic route and, like, storied, like, I love the Kardashians, so, like, I get why they won. Best night ever. So fun. I just love that, like, Tequila Katie came back with a a vengeance for the Kardashians. Like, I don't think it's a fair fight. I think the Kardashians would pretty much win any fight at this point. But you gotta love Katie Maloney Schwartz for trying, okay? As far as their OOTNs for the event, um, Sheena Shea was shockingly tasteful. Um, so good for her. I think that's the only kind of growth that we're ever going to see from Sheena on, you know, any sort of personal level. Um, but you know, some growth is better than no growth. Um, I gotta love Stassi for like, like owning the fact that she has incredible legs and big boobs. I think she could have done better than that dress. Um, because she was, it was like a little black number with like kind of a plungy neckline. And like, she's a chesty gal like myself. Um, so I see where she was going with it, but they almost looked like smushed in there. And I just think she could have done better. She's stunning no matter what though. Um, who else? Who else? Brittany is like caught in this um, merry-go-round of tight dresses that are plungy and then just wearing her obscenely long hair down. Like a, like, like a hair like a scarf made of hair. Like it's just too fucking long. And you get to a point where it's like, I love a long bohemian hair moment. It's less maintenance. I have really long hair too. But it's like, it just swallows her tiny frame, as do her implants. That's how I feel. Again, looking snatched, has one of the best spray tans I've ever seen. I'm nice enough to give a positive when I give a negative, but like if I were her stylist, I'd be like, let's explore covering up your boobs. Let's explore like a chic turtleneck. Let's explore an updo. Let's explore a haircut, you know? Holy fuck, I had to take another break because some asshole called me on the phone. I think phone calls are so aggressive unless it's to like my sister, my grandma, or my aunt. Other than that, don't fucking call me. So yeah, that's pretty much my thoughts on the People's Choice Awards. I didn't watch them. I just saw Katie getting enraged. I almost said engaged. Enraged about the Kardashians, which I loved. Um, let's see. Anything else to talk about? Not really. I'm sorry this episode was so all over the place and off the cuff, but I hope you enjoyed it to some extent. Um, got a super exciting guest for next week. I know I always say it, but I swear things are just 
getting better and better up in this bitch. And I know I have some new listeners listening, so thank you so much for getting on the Brown Eyed Unicorn train, following me on Instagram, messaging me to say nice things. It means so, so much. Um, As usual, I just want to invite you guys to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast, and please feel free to shoot me an Instagram message at Hannah A. Brown or email me at browneyedunicorn at gmail.com to give me any ideas or feedback. I appreciate all of it, and I use all of it, and thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Kisses, squeezes, and sparkles. Bye. Bye.